the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. All right, welcome to the College Planning Edge podcast. My name is Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep. And this episode, first one in a while, uh, this episode we did hot off the presses after the College Board announced that the SAT was going to change the SAT. Uh, the SAT is going electronic, so bye-bye number two pencils. It's uh, going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, so what I did was interview my head tutor, Marissa. We did a live webinar in front of our clients, and we had 100-something people uh, show up. And I thought I would share this recording on this podcast. So please sit back and enjoy this information. I'm guessing it hasn't hit your high school yet. You may have heard some rumors and stuff. If you're curious about when the changes take effect, what they actually are, what do they mean for your kiddos, uh, and a bunch of other stuff, this is what we tried to cover. So enjoy. As we get ready here to uh, for tonight's webinar, welcome. I'm Andy Lockwood, and with me is our special celebrity head tutor, Marissa Unberg. Hello, Marissa. Hello. So, um, a lot, you know, we, we were just chatting a little bit offline about all the various crazy things that and people that we encounter in uh, in the in the business. You know, I'm a college advisor. We help kids get into college. We help them pay for college. And Marissa is an SAT and ACT specialist, among other things. And it's just um, it's, it's such an interesting field for us to be in um, because of not only the personalities and the psychology, but also there's always stuff that is changing, it seems like. So the financial aid rules are changing. Uh, the latest college admissions rules are uh, not rules or um, results have been um, different. And tonight we're going to be talking about something that has um, that's yet uh, another type of change, which are the upcoming changes to the SAT. So welcome everyone. If you're just joining us, I see a bunch of people coming on. Please say hi in the chat. Um, let us and let me and Marissa know where you are dialing in from on the on the interwebs. We were just talking before. We have a lot of local people from. Uh, Manhattan and Roslyn and Port Washington and a few other lo locations, but we also get people who just find us on the internet from from all over. So that's always interesting. <clears throat> um, Marissa, I just want to remind you that you you promised that you would not say anything to deplatform us, uh, despite your reputation as being the the Joe Rogan of SAT and ACT podcasts. He also owns cats, by the way. He what? He also owns cats, so oh, I have something in common, at least one thing in common with him. Wow, is that fascinating. <laughs> um, you have so much in common. Uh, I will say, this is a fun fact, that uh, Joe Rogan is one year older than I am, and he spent a lot of time growing up in Newton, Massachusetts, where I'm from. Oh. But he uh, apparently went to the other high school. Uh, there were two public high schools, Newton North and Newton South, so he went to that one. Bad one. So, the connections are crazy among all three of us. Between between the both of us, we're, we basically make one Joe Rogan. 
<laughs> so, uh, all right, Fresh is, is here from Syacid, Stephen from Torrance, California, Lorraine from Mineola, Lori from Huntington, Ingrid White Plains, um, Michelle Mineola, good, Northport, Staten Island, Little Rock, uh, another Torrance. Wonder if you guys know each other. Uh, New Orleans, Chapel Hill, Dripping Springs, Texas. Uh, and Lisa singing Marissa's praises. Lisa's from Hartsdale, New York. Okay. All right, very cool. <laughs> um, another person from Torrance. Are you guys all in the same house or <laughs> one, one person with multiple names or split personalities, multiple personality? Um, all right, very cool. So we only have a little bit of time, right? Because you're, you're back uh, tutoring at the top of the hour, right? Yep. Um, so appreciate you taking the time to uh, to do this. So is it okay if I just fire away some questions at you and then you just say anything? Okay. All right. So talk about, before we talk about what these specific, uh, specific SAT changes are, talk about the timeline. When do they take effect? I know there's something for the PSAT and then for the SAT. I don't know if you if you're yeah. ready to talk about that. I wrote everything down because I can't keep track of all these different start times. But in the US, which I believe pretty much all of our viewers are from, uh, the first real SAT that will be given digitally will be in the spring of 2024. So if you have a student or you are a student who's a current ninth grader, class of 2025, this is probably who will be affected. Um, outside of the US, it starts a year earlier in 2023. So for international students and the PSAT goes digital in the fall of 2023. No matter if you're in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, they're all starting the same year, which is weird <laughs> for the PSAT. Um, but, but this is what they say so far. You know, they're not always a total, totally accurate with their timelines. But uh, as we saw with everything during COVID, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the at-home SAT. They're, they're a few years late on that, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if they're doing it electronically, maybe maybe we'll be at home. Because uh, no. I, I, I think I read that you, you have to do it at the test, testing center, but you might be able to bring your own device. To, to do yeah, that. so you, you can bring your own device or you can use the device provided at the testing center, but they're, they're pretty firm on not planning on having this as an at-home exam. It's, you've got to go to a testing center. Okay. But it's nice that you can bring your own laptop if you're comfortable with that. Um, all right. Before we talk about some of the other changes, if, if there's anything to say, what, what do you think is the, uh, what are the main drivers um, for, for the changes? Why are they happening? Uh, I'm pretty sure it ha mostly has to do with security. They've been having some serious problems having their test forms leaked. Uh, we don't hear about it too much, but it's been going on internationally, um, especially with the time zone differences. So for example, they just got sued, well, a few years ago, they got sued by a group of students in Egypt because they canceled the SAT for the whole country of Egypt four times in one year because the, the tests kept getting leaked. So for me, this is, this is probably their primary driver, even though that's not really what they're saying so much in their press release. Um, but by going digital, um, it allows them, first of all, they can swap out questions or swap out a whole test on a moment's notice if they realize that something was leaked. But also since it's, it's something called uh, section adaptive testing, which means depending on how you do on the first 
they call it a module, but but for the first part of say the verbal, the second, you'll have a different second part. Um, so since now every test, well, there's a lot more uniqueness in tests. So it's gonna be a lot harder to cheat on that because now you'll have to memorize a, a way larger amount of answers and questions, which will be virtually impossible to do. So, if, so sorry to interrupt you. So I, I, I read that. I don't really understand that. So so is it like an artificial intelligence thing where, um, you know, after based on how you answer a, a, cer a certain section, it then uh, it, it varies what what what's, what's going to be on the next section? Yeah. So let's say that you do the first part of the section and you're really great, right? Like you're getting perfect score. So now they know on the second part, they're just going to go straight to the hard questions because they're confident that you know the basics. So they're going to eliminate the easier questions because they know you you've already mastered that level of material. So right. so are some people going to have easier tests than others? I mean, that doesn't sound like yes. acceptable. Yes, um, they've been doing that with, for instance, the, the GMAT for quite some time. So it's a technology that's been out there for a long time, um, and that's also what allows them to shorten the length of the test because if they're like, okay, this person's an expert let's get rid of all the easy problems. Well, now we can make that test shorter. But if they realize that this person is not an expert, maybe they're really, you know, have low test taking skills. Now they're going to eliminate all the hard questions since they realize you're just going to get them wrong. Anyway. But, so do the harder questions count for more? I mean, how, how, do, they, how do they level it all out? I mean, if, so if right. I get stuck taking a super hard test and I, and I score, you know, I have a crappy score, but someone who's not a good test taker gets a bunch of easy questions and does better than me. That doesn't seem fair. The uh, this is me speculating based on what I know about other tests because uh, the SAT hasn't been transparent about this, at least not yet. But um, if you do poorly on the first part and then you get the second half that's easier, you probably have a lower cap. Like there's no way you can get a 1600 at that point or maybe even a 1400 depending on how you did. So you're- Well, that sounds like they're waiting the questions, but you're saying they're not. I'm sorry? It sounds like they're waiting the, the questions differently, which you said they're not doing. Maybe uh, I misspoke. I, I, I really don't know exactly how yeah. they're going to be. Yeah. I'm not even sure if they know yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, I understand the, the, you know, maybe you get the harder questions first or something, but to give an entirely different set of questions to someone who's ostensibly sitting for the same test, I think that's nuts. So, anyway. I, I wish I knew how they calculated this. I don't think they're ever going to tell us, to be honest. Big black box. Um, yeah. All right. So, so it's electronic. So no more number two pencils. Uh, what other well, what other changes? Well, you will have scratch paper, so you will still want to bring a pencil or a pen with you. Um, number, two pen. number two pen. I wonder if they'll still ban the mechanical pencils now. <laughs> They seem to really like to do that. I'm going to be up all night about that one. <laughs> the test is shorter. So that's probably the change that students will be most excited about. Instead of being about three hours, it's going to be about two hours, at least allegedly. That's what they're saying now. Uh, they do have a history of kind of changing the story along the way. <laughs> like the last time that they changed the test in 2015, they had released practice questions ahead of time. And then when the test came out, the, pra the practice questions were very different <laughs> from what they had on the actual exam. So, you know, I'm going to take a wait and see approach with this. Good. But uh, it's a shorter exam. 
Uh, no more, no calculator section. A lot of students really hate the no calculator section. Um, so you can use the calculator on all of the math now. And you also don't have to bring your own calculator. They will provide a calculator inside the screen on the testing software, although you'll be able to bring your own calculator if you want. Um, I'm going to assume that they will also give you an in-screen timer that tells you how much time is left because that's what they do on the digital ACT that's now being offered internationally and in some in-school testing. So I'm going to assume they're going to do that, but who knows. Um, you're going to have shorter reading passages with fewer questions, uh, more testing dates and more testing times. So you're going to have more flexibility about when you take that test. I don't know how that's going to affect how many times you're allowed to take the test. Like right now, you could take that test at every offered testing administration and you're, like, you're never going to reach the maximum. I don't know what they're going to do about that since you're going to have presumably a lot more options. Um, but I like the testing time flexibility because a lot of students don't do their best when they have to wake up at 630 in the morning. So I hope that they offer something at a more reasonable hour than having to get there at like 745. Um, like we talked about before, it's more secure, which means, for, at least for international students, they're less likely to be canceling scores due to leaked tests. Um, faster reporting of scores, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, it'll come out probably in a few days as opposed to, you know, two weeks. I mean, in theory, they could just be reported immediately. Yeah, I mean, that's when I took the, I took the GRE on a computer in 1999. And so this has been around for a long time. I got my score the second I was done. Um, I don't know why it's going to take days, but they're not, they're not giving you the score immediately. You do have to wait a few days. Um, I think that's about it as far as what they've mentioned. Um, so if you're just joining us, we're, we're going over in uh, rapid fashion because Marissa's got to get back tutoring. Uh, the changes to the uh, to the SAT that are slated in the U.S. right for 2024. Yes, is that correct? Spring of 2024. So it'll be the first test of that year, calendar year, not school year. Um, will be digital, and you won't have an option. There's no parallel paper testing and digital testing. Everything will be digital. Um, and some things will also stay the same. Like we talked about, what's different but you're going to have the same scale of 1600. It will be testing the same basic skills, reading, writing, which is, you know, mostly grammar and math skills. Um, they say it's the same level of math through algebra too, although I've read rumors that they might be including some elements of pre-calc, such as limits. Interesting. Who knows? I don't know. They probably don't even know yet. Um, but you know, the content is going to be very similar, I would imagine. Okay. So if you have any questions, just lob them in. There is a way to mark your um, your uh, your comment or your chat as a question. You can just toggle over that three little dot thingy, the ellipsis, and um, mark it as a question. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to take those in a minute. Um, you know, part of me is, you know, it's because we're in this test optional uh, moment in time right now where, We've seen a huge uptick in colleges that are not requiring tests to apply to college. 
Um, so in turn, what's happening is there's a lot more applications going in. I was just talking to a client today who was surprised at being deferred from University of Maryland. And I said, well, this year, apparently they've received 55,000 applications. And in, in a regular year, like last year, it was about half of that. And that's almost across the board. People are uh, ascribing that to all these, these uh, schools being test optional. However, <clears throat> um, it, just because you apply test optional doesn't mean you get in. And it seems that given a choice, admissions officers would still rather see scores, not only for admission, not only based on what we know about what percentage of kids who submitted scores actually get in. That's a little murky also, by the way, but, but generally speaking, it's well over 50% of the kids. It's usually like 75, 80, maybe 90% of the kids who get admitted to any given school submit their scores. Um, it's also very relevant for, uh, for merit aid. Um, a lot of kids find out when it's too late, the school that they got admitted to that they didn't submit their scores to ruled them out of the running for merit aid because they didn't submit their scores. So, so it's really important still. Um, all that being as it may, I think that, you know, the SAT and the, uh, the college board who, who makes the SAT and the ACT, um, they are, they feel like they're under attack. And I, I look at this change as um, being almost a, a desperate um, maneuver to, to remain relevant. But I think overall, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, what do, you, what do you think about that or anything I just mentioned? Um. You mean the the digital test is, is is pretty good? Yeah, the shortening of it, the yeah. rapid scoring. I mean, overall, I think I like these changes. Uh, overall, I like them. Uh, my concern is, like we talked about before, like how exactly are they weighting these questions? That's you know that's a little murky. Um, and also, my biggest concern, especially initially, is the lack of practice material. Uh, when they made the transition to the current form of the SAT you know, the, the first few groups of students had really very few practice tests to work with. And they would say like, oh, you only need two or you only need four. But in my experience, if you want to have a really good increase, you want to take way more than two or four tests um, or at least have the option if you need it. So they say that they'll be uh, releasing practice material and digital full length practice tests on Khan Academy. Uh, I just don't know how many they'll be giving us. So, I. Well, I mean, in a sense, the, the, the it sounds like the um, content's not going to change that much, right? So, um, but it just won't be electronic. And well, I like to give full length practice tests and, and full length sections as practice so that students can get used to taking the test. I feel like that's really important. So, well, I can say, like, hey, do these practice questions. It's not the same as taking a practice test and seeing how your timing is and seeing how exhausted you are. Uh, so that's a little bit of a disadvantage in the beginning or maybe forever. I don't know how many practice tests they're going to give us. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. You know, I think I think they said they'll be releasing the materials in fall of this year. So hopefully that's true <laughs> and that we'll have an idea of what everything is. I'll will. guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Leslie, uh, like you, very concerned that you know maybe there'll be some glitches. Um, who knows? They're... Well, they did address that. Um, if there's a power failure or an internet failure or something like that, the test does auto save. 
Uh, you can actually resume where you left off. All right. Let's How that's practice, I don't know, but right. they have been putting thought into that. Yeah. They got it all covered. What could go wrong? Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, I forgot something before when, like, why are they yeah. making the change? What they said on their website, uh, they really focused on administrative reasons um, because it takes a long time for the schools and the proctors to hand out all the tests and you're filling everything out and then they have to collect them and mail them out. And we know personally, we've had some students where their tests have gone missing because they got lost somewhere or the FedEx lost them. Every so, year. Yeah, this is a time saver for the school to give the yeah. tests and presumably uh, there'll be fewer lost exams. Well, I'm concerned for the proctoring industry. They're uh, <laughs> gonna be out of business. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think any, anytime you can um, eliminate the possibility of human error, it's probably a good thing. Um, all right. So, uh, Fresta, so she had a question about the GMAT. Um, can you see that? Uh, I thought uh, I got to move my screen. So it impacts the average score if you only get easier questions right. Yes, exactly. So, if you're performing poorly in the beginning, um, your maximum score is capped at a certain level because now you're only getting, oops, now you're only getting easy questions after that. Cats? Sorry? Was that one of the cats? No, that was just me. Right. <laughs> I dropped my pen. <laughs> um, all right. <coughs> Steven's question is, does this pertain to SAT and APs? As far as we know, it's just SATs, right? As far as we know, I haven't been really following the AP, but I haven't seen any press releases about that. Yeah, I've been trying to follow stuff like that. I haven't come across anything. Um, all right, Cameron also did a computer adaptive GMAT. It was important to get the early ones right. Uh, so, so you knew it was good when you started getting hard questions. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Get excited when the questions get harder. Okay, that's sick, but okay. Um, Stephen, University of California schools considering requiring the SAT again. You know, it's funny. Uh, so it's, it's the UCs and the Cal States that um, are test blind. They're not even test optional. And they chose that policy after they commissioned a study from you know, a, a committee comprised of educators, including professors, who all recommended that they keep the SAT and the ACT. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they took that information and did the opposite. Um, so I, I don't think there's any plans. There's definitely no plans right now to go back, but I'm kind of wondering um, after they evaluate a couple years worth of performance of students who were there who didn't submit scores, I wonder if that's going if the pendulum will swing back. Um, that's my guess, but I'm just guessing. Weren't they talking about making their own test? Yes, that too. I wonder if that's still in the works. Probably just as much as anything we're talking about here. <laughs> um, all right, question from Julia. If my son takes the current version uh, in 2023, will that still be valid? when he applies to college in 2025, or will colleges at that point all require the new SAT score only? Um, so this has happened before and colleges will take both as as far as I can can guess, you know, it happened when the SAT changed from the 1600 to the 2400 and then back to the 1600 and the ACT change, you know, so uh, I, I think that it's not gonna matter. You, you'll be able to have the luxury of submitting whatever your highest scores are. Um, Marissa, do you think there's any um, any uh, logic that the first couple batches of, of uh, 
electronic SAT scores are going to be graded a little bit easier? No. You don't think so? Because I, th- I remember thinking that was going to be the case when the SAT changed to be more ACT-like. Yeah. And it, I don't think it turned out to be the case either then. I have to look back and see like if there was a different distribution of scores. But, uh, you know, they could just decide, like we've talked before how they they figure out the so-called curve, yeah. usually before you take the test. But once in a while, they do it after the test. So they might just decide to curve it, you know, based on how students did on that test. So it shouldn't be any easier or harder. Yeah, but, the, the conspiracy theory um, from last time was that in order to, you know, sell the changes, how great they were, they were grading them a little bit more leniently. So people were like, oh, it was great. You know, they didn't complain as much about it. But those types of rumors usually turn out to be completely false in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. De- uh, rumor debunked. It wouldn't be useful to the colleges. Like if more people were getting high scores, colleges aren't going to be able to weed out as many people. So I don't think they have a motivation to do that. They care more about the colleges than the students. So logical when you say that. Um, (laughs) Linda, so no changes before spring 2024, right for domestic students, not international. So the PSAT will change in 2023. We, and, we, and we do, you know, there might be someone or, or a few people from out of the country watching this. We, uh, we, we, so different for international students. Yeah. Um, Chris said UCLA had 125,000 applications. Yeah. I mean, they usually get around 100,000. I don't know if this is a big uptick, but that's, that's a lot. Well, if it's a 25% um, increase, that's huge. Well, no, if that's, tip, if that's a full 25% up, but yeah, they, wow. there's a lot. Uh, so Marissa, you answer, you addressed this already from Charlie. Will they release practice online tests before it goes live? So they say yes. Okay. So that'll be that should be fall of this year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Leslie, I've heard people say test optional, quote unquote. I've been through this twice already. If you want scholarships, you better take and submit the test. Yeah, that is the case with most, if not, it's probably not all schools, but it's definitely a very high percentage of colleges. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, this is an interesting question. Chris, how much market share gain will the ACT have temporarily until the digital ACT is launched? I would uh, say quite a lot. Well, right That's- now, I think the SAT has passed, you know, re- regained its number one position by a yes. little bit. Yes, but um, the last time that they changed format, the same thing happened. Like a bunch of people, a lot of people went to the ACT because the SAT was a great unknown. There wasn't a lot of material. And for people like me and, and test prep companies, like kind of in the dark, like yeah. I was actually hired to write some practice math questions for uh, another test prep company, which I'm not allowed to mention. That was back before I started with you when they changed to the new SAT. Because and I don't I don't allow you to mention it or they don't? I had to sign a contract, I can't say. <laughs> it's not my restriction. Non-disclosure. Anything goes with me. It's their restriction. Um, I don't know why. I guess they didn't want to admit they were farming out their textbook writing. Does the company rhyme with Rinston Eview? No, no, no. But it's definitely one you've heard of. Um, Raplin? No. So, um, you know, we were working on with the test samples that they gave us because we wanted to get a big head start. And then it turned out that they completely changed. Not completely, but the, the real test questions were so different. So all these test prep companies had this material yeah. that didn't quite match what the tests were like. So 
that, you know, I, I'm hoping that they give us real accurate full length tests when they say they will. And that should make the transition a little less painful to the new batch of students. Um, so that's actually a good segue into your teaching. So I'm just going to pop up uh, an offer here. Um, anyone who's got kids now, you know, that are, that are studying for the uh, either SAT or ACT. Um, one of the main things that's, that's different about Marissa, besides your level of uh, expertise, is that Marissa uses only actual old test questions, not the prefab ones that she and other nameless, faceless people wrote for nameless, faceless companies that she's not at liberty to, to disclose. So, um, uh, so uh, the small classes, uh, we have 12 spots uh, available for the next upcoming ones. Um, there's a coupon code CRUSH2022 that should save you a hundred bucks, uh, which is nice because they're not that expensive to begin with. So that's a big, big percentage. So I'm going to get back to the chat. If anyone has questions. We also have summer classes coming up. I'm not sure when we're going to post that. Okay. It's up to you when we post the schedule, but we'll have summer classes as well. Um, Marissa, can you put your contact info in the chat? Um, I will put it in there for you. Marissa at LockwoodCollegePrep.com. And the website is LockwoodTestPrep.com. If you want to take a look at the class schedules, we have online and in person in our office in Glenwood Landing. Yeah, that's the uh, that green button that's got the offer attached to it. That's That goes right to the page for the online classes, but we also um, do live classes when people aren't afraid. Um, all right, let me just see if I missed any questions here. So last call for questions here. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Oh, valued client Sue Fallon. Hello, Sue. Uh, Marissa, with kids who will be taking the test for the first time in spring of 24, how will you adapt your tutoring or do you think that preparations will remain the same? Very good question. Well, I mean, they say the content, like the topics tested will be the same. So the same basic reading skills, grammar and math. So as far as that end, you know, when we go over content, it should be the same but I'll definitely change my strategies based on what the tests look like. But I can't really say how that's gonna be until I get a chance to look at an actual test. Yep, and every, everyone's in the same dark. Everyone, yep. Yeah. So it just um, Randy, when's the best time for kids to start with SAT and ACT prep? I was actually, you and I were discussing that uh, about another client today. I have a 10th grader. Um, Randy, we recommend in utero. Uh, I think if you, if you, by the way, all kidding aside, I, I actually spoke to someone yesterday, um, you know, who was interested in college advisory um, services. And so we're chit chatting and I said, so, you know, what, what grade is your child in? She said, first. I was like, I wasn't sure I heard her. I was like, wait, wait really? What? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? She said, yeah, first grade. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I'm a college advisor. I'm not, I'm not really an elementary school advisor. <laughs> In her defense, you know, she grew up out of the country and she just wanted to, you know, make sure she wasn't messing up, but that, that was kind of funny. Um, anyway, why don't you answer Randy's question seriously, because I'm sure she didn't want to hear all that garbage that just came out of my mouth. Well, there's when you should start prepping and when you should actually start testing. You can prep as early as you want. More practice is always better. Um, but you want to take the test when you've completed at least half of Algebra 2. Or, I mean, you can test before then but you're not gonna get like your highest possible score. 
because the tests do cover up through Algebra 2. So typically uh, students complete Algebra 2 in 11th grade. So most people start seriously testing in the spring of their junior year. But if you're ahead a year or two in math, then you could start as soon as you've done most of Algebra 2 or at least half of it. So let me let me give you a specific um, case scenario, case study type of thing, because um, this comes up a lot. And this was the subject of my conversation before uh, this afternoon that I briefed you on. So um, so we have a client who's uh, in 10th grade right now, and she has not taken Algebra 2 yet. She's you know, a regular math student. She's not advanced. Um, but, um, well, we were thinking maybe she should start, or the mom was sort of thinking maybe she should start her a little bit later in 11th grade. And I said, well, what, you know, tell me about, you know, what else she's got, she has going on in, uh, in 11th grade. And she has, you know, she plays a sport in the fall. So what I said was, um, you know, there's the, the best time that I always hear you recommend, Marissa, is that summer in between 10th and 11th grade to, uh, because that's the time when you're the most relaxed and least distracted and all that. And then I said, you know, depending on how, how that goes, maybe you do take an early SAT or ACT then, you know, September or August. But um, even if you don't, you're still with the drilling and the content that you're learning, just in algebra too. I mean, everything else, right? I think I think she'll have under her belt. Yes. But take but taking the you know the weekly practice tests like you recommend and all that. I mean, there's other there's other ways to build on the summer stuff, even if you're not going to take a test right out of the gate because you haven't had all the algebra too. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really love the summer before eleventh grade for all the reasons you stated. You don't have the distractions from school. You can have you can devote more time to studying. Um, if you have not yet completed algebra two, it's still fine to take like a test in the fall or in August just to see how you do, get a feel for it. But that's not going to be the score that you're going to end up submitting. Like you should still take it again after you've completed more of the math. You know, I would even say that even if you had completed, you're still going to do better the more times you take. Exactly. You know, it takes most kids at least two or three times, sometimes yeah. more, to get their highest score. And it's not like the, the test is, if you take the SAT and it's 50% math, it's not like all of it is algebra two. No, it's not. It's yeah. it's not even mostly algebra two. Right. And Just, you teach it too in the class. You teach like the minimum amount you need to do well on the SAT. Taking the prep class can help you get a little bit of a head start in algebra two. I'm just saying like, that September test should not be your final test. It should just be, you know, it's to get your experience and get better at the ACT or the SAT, but you should definitely take it again as you learn more of the math. Good. So ideally you start that summer uh, in between 10th and 11th grade, and then you build off of that and you work out your testing schedule. But I would recommend planning to take whichever so actually the first thing you should do is a diagnostic yes to figure out which test is best uh quote unquote and that's something we have on our website lockwoodtestprep.com it's 20 bucks it's automated um sometimes we have kids come into the office but you can also do it over the weekend you know marissa has a, a thrilling proctoring video that uh runs automatically um once on saturday once on sunday very lively <laughs> it's it's uh groundbreaking yeah. Um, and and uh, then you figure out which test you should focus on because colleges don't care. They're agnostic. They'll take both or either. And then from there, you get the basics down over the summer. And then from that point on, you figure out when it's going to make sense for you to take it two or three times in 11th grade and hopefully be done with it. 
and don't start any later than the spring of 11th grade. I've had students who come and they're starting in the fall of their senior year. And that always gives me intense anxiety because yeah. things can go wrong. Maybe a pandemic hits or you get sick or you get a concussion or something. And then all of a sudden you have far fewer options to take the test. So don't wait until your senior year. Um, I like taking as a first test, the March SAT or the February or April ACT as test number one at the latest. The latest, right. I mean, I think ideally you want to try to do something in the fall, even yes. if you're not ready, quote unquote. For um, students who come to me early, I say take it by December of your junior year. But for students who have put it off, like if you're a junior now, like start ASAP. I wouldn't wait until yeah. June or, or the summer or the fall. Junior year is hard. And if, uh, especially if you're like most kids active with a bunch of out of class stuff like sports and clubs and music and whatever. So, um, I, you know, I say take it earlier than you are quote unquote ready. It's not going to be a perfect time. It's not going to be for perfect score. Most likely the first time you take it, but each time you do, it's like a sport, you know, or an instrument, the more you practice, uh, the better you get, um, provided that you're practicing the right way, which, which is why people work with tutors like Marissa. So, all right, here is the last question slash comment from Chris. Agree with Marissa's comment. My oldest daughter received a concussion playing volleyball the day after her SAT. Oh, well, I don't want to say lucky, but yeah. the timing well, is better. Better it's, after than, than before. I've, I've had students take it with a concussion. Yeah. I'll just let you guess how well that went. Um, it could help. I mean, because don't sometimes people recover and they can like speak another language all of a sudden? <laughs> not only most yeah, expert in math. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I uh, yeah, we see there, there's so many things that can go wrong. We had, we had a client on um, this past year. She's a, she's a senior waiting to hear back from colleges who got five concussions, maybe, maybe six at this point. Oh once, once you get one or two, you're prone, oh, um, really? more prone to getting them. So it's, it's nuts. Um, anyway, all right. So a lot of people are echoing the sentiment to take them earlier than you're ready. So I think this is a good place to leave off. So if you have any questions, you can email Marissa or you can email me. Um, Marissa, any last uh, bits of wit and wisdom before you get back to cracking the whip on some hapless student at seven o'clock? Well, it's a whole group of students, actually. Okay, um, nice. A lot of whips. As I normally say, like, don't panic, right? Especially if you've got a ninth grader now. I know it's scary when things are changing, but we'll figure it out. We'll have some practice tests and maybe your student will end up being better at the ACT and you won't have to worry about the changes to the SAT anyway. Although the ACT will probably go digital eventually. Right, right. That's, that'll be the next webinar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they always follow suit at some point. They're probably going to wait and see how well it goes with the SAT. Absolutely. All right, great. All right, guys, thanks for spending your time with us. Uh, on behalf of Marissa Unberg, Andy Lockwood, Lockwood College Prep and Lockwood Test Prep, have a great night. And let us know if you have any questions about any of the stuff we talked about or our classes or tutoring. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double-secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid, and need-based aid opportunities as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com. 
use the coupon code podcast for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.